Welcome to Make No Bones. I'm Emily Barton Altman. And I'm Toby Altman. Make No Bones is a podcast about poets and poetry. Each episode, we ask a poet to read a poem and talk about it. They tell us how they wrote it and explain how it reflects the broader priorities of their work. This week's episode features Erica L. Sanchez. My name is Erica L. Sanchez, and I'm a poet and writer living in Chicago. Erica L. Sanchez is a poet, essayist, and novelist. She is the author of Lessons on Expulsion, forthcoming from Grey Wolf in 2017, and the young adult novel forthcoming from Knopf in the fall of 2017. Her nonfiction has appeared in Al Jazeera, The Guardian, Rolling Stone, and many other publications. She has received a Canto Mundo Fellowship, a Discovery slash Boston Review Poetry Prize, and a Ruth Lilly and Dorothy Sargent Rosenberg Poetry Fellowship from the Poetry Foundation. Erica's poems tackle racism, misogyny, and violence, working through their cultural ramifications and the way they shape her own body and experience. We talked to Erica about her poem, A Woman Runs on the First Day of Spring, which recently appeared on ESPN.com. When I was a little girl, I spent a lot of time by myself, so I read. I mean, that's all I had to do. Um, there was really not much going on in my neighborhood in Cicero. And so, um, and also my brother was older, so I, I was kind of like on my own a lot of the time. My mom was working all the time. Um, and so I, I read and read and read and just became enamored with books. And when I was 12, I was in sixth grade and my teacher had us write poems and she really liked mine and encouraged me to keep writing and she said she wanted to publish it. She never did. I don't know what happened, but um, that kind of sparked something for me. I was like, oh, wow, I'm good at something. I didn't realize. Um, I mean, I didn't feel so great about myself as a child. And so like to know that I was good at something really triggered something deep within me. And so um, Edgar Allan Poe, he was the first poet that I really fell in love with. I just really loved the music of the language. And um, I, I loved reading the poems out loud. Um, and I, I felt like a very deep connection to, to them. And so that's when I started to write poetry. I decided to be a poet at 12. So I grew up um, in Cicero, which is basically Chicago, um, on Cicero and Cermak, to be precise. And the block where I grew up, there was a motel on the corner, and uh, it was used a lot by sex workers. And so I grew up watching this unfold, but I didn't really know what it all meant until I was an adult. Um, And so I found myself... Recently, or in the last decade, uh, writing a lot about sex work, and for a while I didn't even understand why. And then someone pointed it out to me. It was like, "Well, didn't you grow up on a street with prostitutes?" And I was like, "Oh yes, I completely forgot that." Um, and so it all makes sense. Um, and so my experience of Chicago, my childhood was a little bit rough, I would say. Um, very working class, uh, there was some violence in the community, etc. And so uh, I love Chicago, but it is a very difficult city to live in sometimes. I very much identify as a feminist, um, anti-racist, uh, daughter of immigrants, pretty radical in my politics overall, and I feel like 
all of my writing expresses that in some form. I don't write specifically with an agenda because I feel like that writing is always going to be bad. Um, but I think it just manifests itself in the writing. My worldview, my identity as a brown woman living in the United States, a daughter of Mexican immigrants, I think that's always going to be at the center of my work in some form or other. Um, I write a lot about the female body. I think that's one of my obsessions in, in writing. Um, and I think it will remain that way forever. It's just like my artistic focus. Um, and so I write to challenge the status quo in some form or other. Um, and I I, I want to disrupt things. I don't have like... A, like I said, I don't have a specific agenda, but I know I want to cause trouble. I write without an audience in mind, usually. Well, poetry specifically. Um, but my hope is always that women of color are going to be reading my work. Because I feel like there's a dearth of voices. Um, I feel like... I mean, we exist. It's just like we're not really allowed into the canon in the mainstream and so I insist on being a part of that because I feel like we belong there too and um, I feel like the, our experiences are, are valid and I want to connect with women on, on that level like when I read Sandra Cisneros when I was a kid I mean it changed my whole world and I want, I want to be able to do that for someone. Poetry for me is my main love, I will say, and it'll probably stay that way forever. I feel with poetry that I get to tap into the essence of experience, of the human experience, in a way that I can't do in prose. There's just uh, something about the, the concentration of language, um, the attention to music uh, and rhythm and image and I, I try to translate that to my prose but it's just not as in my opinion it's not as effective to communicate some really profound emotions and uh, feelings of I think transcendence to me is, is very spiritual when I write poetry I started running more seriously in the last year um, I used to run just out of obligation because I felt like I needed to just thinking about the way that I ate I was like well I, I better do something about this so I started running a little more seriously uh last summer and um like I run up to five miles usually each time I run and I do that multiple times a week and uh I found it really helpful for my men mental health uh it's very meditative for me as well and so when I run, I have the, the, the time and, and the, I'm not distracted by anything. Like I don't, I never take my phone. I never take music. I just want to pay attention to the world and like what is going on and, and pay, pay attention to beauty in all of its forms. And so in the poem, there's that line where I breathe out and I say, thank you, um, or I breathe in and I say thank you. And uh, that's actually something that I, I've been doing lately. I've been saying thank you out loud 
when I see something beautiful. And I feel like that's really changed the way I see my life and myself. I feel like there's a deeper appreciation for everything when I do that. I converted um, about a year ago, a little over a year ago now, um, and it's completely transformed my life in ways that I could not imagine. Um, I have struggled with depression for most of my life, and I just kind of had come to terms with that, and I was like, well, that I guess that's just how I'm going to live. I'm going to be sad a lot of the time, and so um, I realized that I didn't have to live that way. And that was very liberating. And with the practice, I'm able to really channel like a sense of hope that I didn't know I had within me. And uh, um, I also learned how to appreciate things on a deeper level, um, even the difficult things. And so um, there's one idea of not begrudging your, your life. And that's something that I've learned not to do. Um, that, that's been a, a very difficult process. Instead of seeing obstacles as challenges, well, I mean, they are challenges, but you see obstacles as opportunities rather than like, you know, something that is happening to you, something um that's being done to you and so um i think that's manifested itself in my work a lot i feel like i am more prolific i also feel that i i notice things more there's more um hope in my work as well uh that's something that i never imagined what happens with me is like i, I get an image stuck in my head and then i can't let it go and then i just just obsess over it and I, I think about it and and I write about it and um, and then it starts to take the shape of a poem and then once it has somewhat of a shape then I really get fixated and I work on it obsessively um, and so that's typically how it works um, I never know when it's gonna come sometimes like the smallest thing will set off an idea But yeah, I I think a lot of my Buddhist philosophy is in that poem as well. The idea of boundlessness and uh, interconnectedness and um, I guess mindfulness, um, paying attention to the present moment. And um, I, I feel like a lot of things were manifesting in that poem. Um, I also wrote it after... I separated from my husband, and, and so it was an, a, a poem about grief, in a sense, but also liberation and, you know, what it means to be a, a woman on your own. A woman runs on the first day of spring, Chicago, Illinois. When I am a stranger to my own ruin, twilight reminds me to give alms to my best sins. March. The city is purging in the humility of worms, salt washing from the grasses. When I breathe in, I say thank you. When I breathe out, I say gone. I say garden. I say guns. 
Three crows devour the dead rat. Look at all that booty, the man mutters and blows me kisses. The sky is worthless, and my bulbous ass is always a dinner bell. I run farther. I run with the feather inside my ear. I run from a bird with a broken neck and follow the sound of thawing snow. Aren't we all boundless, though? The way a dream secretes the morning after, the way moths feed on the eyes of fawn, two and not two, vines that strangle trees never say they're sorry. I reach the lake with this grateful ache in my throat, and if I say my body is its own crumbling country, if I say I am always my own home, then what does that make me? This episode of Make No Bones was produced and edited by Toby and Emily Altman in Chicago, Illinois. The music for this episode is by Toby Altman. To find out more about the podcast, check out our website at makenobonespodcast.org and follow us on Twitter and Facebook. If you like the show, you can subscribe and rate us on iTunes and Stitcher. Please consider writing us a review, too.